Let's take our Bibles and turn to Philemon, page 1371 in the Pew Bible. It's somewhere just before Hebrews. I've chosen this reading to illustrate what it means to be a someone who belongs. Someone who belongs. And there's a fellow mentioned in here by the name of Onesimus. And he belongs to Philemon. Paul writes to Philemon. And this is a bit of an odd letter, especially from our culture. Remember not too long ago we had a missionary that came through and he was given a presentation. You remember some cultures work with patronage. And for us, that's immediately a bad word. That's our culture. We just think of patronage like manipulation almost, like forcing coercion, trying to get something done. Well, not all cultures have it that way. This is where Paul gives somebody like Philemon a nudge to do the right thing. He's like, you remember, you kind of owe me a favor. That's Paul writing to Philemon. I think you owe me a favor. Why don't you take care of this slave that belongs to you? Now, if, if the letter of Philemon throws you off, it's very much a cultural thing. Um, but let's listen to it, because it's the Word of God. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer, to the beloved Aphia, Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, right, you catch the tone there, I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, yet for love's sake, I rather appeal to you, being such a one as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I'm sending him back. You, therefore, receive him, that is, my own heart, whom I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing, that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but now how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If then you count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. But if he has wronged you or owes anything, put that on my account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand, I will repay, not to mention to you, that you owe me even your own self besides. Yes, brother, let me have joy from you in the Lord. 
refresh my heart in the Lord. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. But meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me while I trust, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be granted to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. That's the letter of Philemon. Let's read from our confessions, the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 1. So this is page 517 in the Book of Praise. Lord's Day 1, Heidelberg Confession. What is your only comfort in life and death? That I am not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with His precious blood, and He has set me free from all the power of the devil. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my Heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. Therefore, by His Holy Spirit, He also assures me of eternal life, makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for Him. What do you need to know in order to live and die in the joy of this comfort? First, how great my sins and misery are. Second, how I am delivered from all my sins and misery. Third, how I am to be thankful to God for such deliverance. After the sermon, we're going to sing hymn 64, which is Lord's Day 1, put to music. Congregation, loved by Jesus Christ our Lord, is it good to belong to someone? Kind of depends, doesn't it? Is it good to belong to someone? Worst case scenario, you can think a couple hundred years ago, the slavery, the slave trade, that's the worst case scenario. You can think of what it means to belong to someone when uh, next time you're at a wedding, a wife belongs to her husband. Starts out like a good kind of thing, right? Seems to be exciting and happy. Does it stay that way? Is it good to belong? What about children? Children belong to parents. Is it always good to belong to parents? Every kind of parent, a good parent? What about, we ask this, about your pets? You have a dog or a cat? Is it good that they belong to you? Or is life miserable for them? It really depends on who you belong to. That's the answer. Is it good to belong to someone? You should say, 
it really depends. I'd like to belong to that centurion. Remember Matthew 8? There's a Roman centurion who comes to the Lord Jesus. Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Imagine you had someone that cared for you like that. Or in the Old Testament, remember Naaman, the Syrian, who had all this leprosy. His master, the king of Syria, paid whatever it would be to heal his servant Naaman. Sent gifts, sent letters, anything to make the prophet Elisha heal him. To belong to some would be a really good thing. You would have enjoyed your life. I would have loved to belong to someone like Abraham, one of his 318 soldiers trained in his household. Or how about Job? Or quite recently, we've gone through Ruth, right? The story of Ruth. How about belonging to Boaz? We're looking at the good news of the gospel, and there's one way to summarize it. There's other ways to summarize the gospel, but if you were to describe the gospel You could use the word belong. What's your only comfort? What's your only joy? What's the only good news in life and death? I belong. Oh, yeah, to whom? Who do you belong to? Jesus Christ, my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. So the children memorized this. What is your only comfort in life and death? That I am not my own, but belong body and soul, both in life and death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. The gospel is this. You are taken from belonging to yourself. You used to be your own. You used to be a self-made person. You used to answer only to yourself. You defined yourself. You said, says who to anyone that came in your path? But now you belong to Jesus Christ. The gospel is you were redeemed. That's a fancy word for saying you were bought back from slavery, from out of the misery that you were, the debt that you were trapped in. You've been lifted out of that hole. You used to belong to yourself. You used to have all the options in the world in front of you when you belong to yourself. You think of Joshua 24, how free it seemed to be when you belong to yourself. Joshua 24, verse 15, there was all kinds of choice. If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. If you don't belong to the Lord, if you're not serving the Lord, there's a whole smorgasbord. Go ahead, like pick your God. And Joshua says, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. This is the gospel. You're not your own. You belong to your faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And it has to be clear what it means to belong. And uh, not too long ago in catechism class, we began with Lord's Day 1. And ask the children, how have you come to belong to the Lord? Because I wanted to figure out, what do you think of when you think of belonging? How have you become one who belongs to the Lord? And I'd say most of the children, almost all, would say, I was born belonging to the Lord. 
I was made, I was created by the Lord. I think most would say, it's because he made me. That's why I belong to the Lord. Yeah, it's true, I said. Like plants and trees, they belong to the Lord too. Like animals, they belong to the Lord. You belong because you're part of his creation. But is that really what we're talking about? Your only comfort in life and death? There's a lot of people facing death, and they don't have comfort, though they were made by God. So do you have a better answer than saying you, were, you belong because you were created? What if we belong because we're part of His people? You've been set apart by God from the world. You've been made part of His church. You belong. There's, there's a seal of God's covenant on you by baptism. You're not the same as the world. Is this your only comfort? That you belong because you've been made part of His people. And I said, you're getting close. You're getting close. But you notice how often in Lord's Day 1, if we're going to say the gospel, we're going to use the word I and me and myself. We're going to put this in words of faith language. Not it's true for them, it might be true for those people, but you're going to say, this is my only comfort in life and death. You You want to know what my only comfort is? That I'm not my own. I belong, body and soul, both in life and death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And I can expand on that. I'll say He has fully paid for all my sins with His precious blood. You hear this? This is the language of faith. So we've gone from speaking of, you belong by creation. Yes, you're created. You belong because you're part of His people. Yeah, that's true. But this has to be your comfort. This connection, it's called faith. It ties you to Jesus Christ that you are now saying this, I belong to my faithful Savior. He has done what for me? Fully paid for all my sins with His precious blood. What else has He done? He has set me free from the power of the devil. I don't always say yes to the devil anymore. And He preserves me in such a way that without the will of my Heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. He's taking care of me. That's my Father. And by His Holy Spirit, He also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for Him. Did you catch the faith language there? This has to be your language. If it's going to be your only comfort in life and death, you're going to have to put you in that I and me and myself. You belong by faith in Jesus Christ. That's the only way to know of comfort that can survive life and death. And the Holy Spirit assures me of eternal life. He assures me, comforts me, and settles my heart down when I'm anxious and nervous. So you understand, you're created, that's how you belong, and you're part of his people, that's how you belong, but by faith you're going to hear words from God, like in the Bible, you are my child, you'll hear this from God, you 
are my child. And this is what faith does. It takes those words and says, I am your child, Father. When you hear God promise, I've forgiven your sins, this is faith. You've forgiven my sins? You've forgiven my sins. This is how Lord's Day 1 is laid out. You have to memorize this. You have to know this and live this. Your only comfort in life and death. Try it out. Test it. Bring it to a graveside. See if it works. In life and death, is this your only comfort? The next time you see somebody who's despairing of life, you know people that are just so close to giving up. Try this out. Is this your only comfort in life and death? Because this is mine. Is it good to belong to Jesus Christ? Kind of gone from the question, it makes a difference who you belong to. Let's try this. Is it good that you belong to Jesus Christ? The scriptures use language of you are Christ's servant. You're God's slave. Even the word slave is used. You're his sheep. You're his vine. There's there's many examples. Is it good to belong to Jesus Christ? Remember, it's going back a few ways, a few years to uh, when I read an email. There's an online forum of people who used to be in a Reformed church and they were done with faith. They were angry and they had this whole support group on how to leave the Reformed faith. And it was a list of everything that has ever gone wrong and made them upset. They were done with God. And I was really surprised when it came up. Lord's Day 1 is one of their least favorite. It made them angry. I was surprised to see who would believe that. Your only comfort is belonging? What kind of people think belong? I like to be free. I like to choose everything for myself. I hate answering to anyone else. What kind of freedom is it to belong? And that's when I realized how night and day this is. Black and white. In the faith. If you believe in Jesus Christ, this is your hope. If you've turned from the Lord Jesus Christ, this makes you angry. Who wants to belong to someone? Belonging to the Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine what that means then. That He is your master. Could that be comforting to you? Is He a good master? Is He the kind of redeemer that you would love that you want to get to know more. There's this amazing provision in the Old Testament. 
Exodus 21, verse 5. I wonder how often somebody looked up Exodus 21, verse 5. There's this old law that if a certain servant was allowed to go free, a slave in a household, let's say he has been a slave because he owed money and he could work it off by working for his owner for something like five or ten years, but let's say the time's up, there's Exodus 20, he could remain a servant for life if he wanted who would use this? You remember what had to happen? Are you sure you want to stay for life? Exodus 21 verse 5 says, uh, we have to take you to the city hall in front of the judges. Uh, take you right up to the door. Remember that doorpost? And we're going to grab this sharp punch or an awl and we're going to pierce your ear. Only then. Will you be a servant for life? You can choose to. But you realize what you're getting into. You better love your master. You better want to know that he is the best. Think about what it means when you say Lord's Day 1. Your only comfort in life and death. Do you love your master, Jesus Christ? Because this is the language of faith. I want to belong to you. This is exciting. This is joyful. That I get to belong to you because you take away my sins. That you now give me your spirit instead. You make me willing and ready when, to live for you forever. When that nev I never saw that in my heart before. Sign me up for life. wouldn't have it any other way. So hopefully you follow me so far that our only comfort in life and death is that you, that we belong to Jesus Christ and that we have these words in the Bible to describe this tight relationship. You are children of God or servants of God. And Romans 6 verse 22, you're slaves of God. And it's trying to capture what it means to be in a close, two-way relationship. A covenant relationship. A committed relationship of love. I will be that slave. Put a hole in my ear. I wouldn't have it any other way. And you look to your Savior and you remember the last sight we had of Him on earth. He had a hole in him or two, right? Didn't he? Nailed to the cross. The perfect servant of God. To illustrate the point that belonging to someone good makes all the difference, I chose a reading from the Apostle Paul's letter, Philemon. Paul wants to restore Philemon. Restore Onesimus to Philemon. I know there's a lot of names here, but if you can picture Onesimus is the bad guy. Onesimus was the bad guy. He had escaped. He had run away. He was a bad slave. Maybe he stole something along the way, but Paul meets him in prison, maybe. Verse 18. And Paul gets to know him really well. 
If he has done you any wrong, he writes to Philemon, or owes you anything, I'll take care of it. Put it on my account. The short story is that here's verse 10. The slave Onesimus turned to the Lord while meeting Paul in prison. And now Paul was helping out Onesimus. Trying to get those two back together again. Philemon, please accept him. Don't destroy him. You have all these rights as as an owner. Onesimus was guilty. And uh, he would likely get what he deserved. So Paul writes this letter. Please, Philemon, take him back nicely. And Paul writes to Philemon about the one one thing that changed everything. Onesimus now belonged to Paul. Onesimus was, was just not a slave anymore. Paul calls him his son, Onesimus. That's the kind of belonging, a mix of adoption and friendship where Onesimus and Paul are really close. They're spending time. They're spending hours in prison. And they are good friends. And it's that close relationship between Onesimus and Paul that gets the attention of Philemon. I don't know what how far away Philemon would live compared to where that prison was, but you hear it in the words of Paul begging and commanding. It's kind of a mix with that patronage. Verse 17 and 18, welcome him as you would welcome me or receive him as you would receive me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. And I hope you get it. This should illustrate to you what it means to belong to someone who speaks up for you. Isn't this your only comfort in life and death, that you belong to Jesus Christ? Isn't it your only comfort knowing that you don't have a righteous leg to stand on, and that yet Christ says to God the Father, welcome my my brother, my sister, as you would welcome me. Imagine Jesus Christ saying this to the Father, welcome so-and-so, I... If he has done anything wrong, charge it to my account. If she owes me anything, charge it to my account. Welcome them. And the only true comfort available in in this universe is that Jesus Christ, Christ would be speaking to the Father for you. On your behalf. Your only comfort is that in some way, Jesus Christ knows you, you know him, and he's going to bat for you. He's defending you, and he loves you. So the question I have is, how do you know you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? How do you know you have faith in Jesus Christ? I want to tie it into this morning because there was this faith that Peter had. Because you say so. And it was already a good start. As, as empty as that was, Peter starts doing something. Simon Peter is lowering the nets in the water, scratching his head. Why? But this is faith. It's saying, I, I know this guy, Jesus Christ. And when he speaks, he's probably got a reason for it. 
so I guess I'll go through it and do it. You want to know what faith is? Are you giving up all and following Him? Are you heartily willing and ready from now on to live for Him? That's the language of the catechism because it's, it's tying this together. You have this only comfort in life and death. Not only are you forgiven, not only are you uh, having dominion, no longer a slave to Satan, not only are you cared for by your heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from your head, but, but you also see this assurance. The Holy Spirit's doing something in you and you now care what God says. None of this Lord, Lord nonsense that won't get you into the kingdom of heaven. Remember Matthew 7, right? There's all this talk. Lord, Lord, didn't I do this or that? Matthew 7, but only he who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. Because you say so. That, that's the connection. That's what faith is, is showing up as. That you know Jesus Christ. So does everyone have this comfort in life and death? Some people should not have this comfort. The way they are right now. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you should not talk about this comfort in life and death. It's not yours. But if you believe in Jesus Christ... You have this connection with Him. It's called faith. And John 14, Jesus says, If you love me, you will obey what I command. You see, you belong to me. How do you know it? Because you, you listen to my household rules. People that belong to me hear my word and they put them into practice. That's what Jesus says. You have faith in me. You say, perhaps, what your word Maybe your word is the word of God. I should maybe listen and lower my nets into the water because you say so. John 15, you are my friends if you do what I command you, Jesus says. Notice this close relationship. That is your life and death comfort. Not just a verbal, not just the words, not just the memorization, but are you connected to Christ by faith? So God sends His Holy Spirit to assure you of eternal life. He sends you this message. If you believe in my Son, Jesus Christ, if God, God sends you this message, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you should know your only comfort now. You belong to me. You're my child. You're on the path of life. Don't fear. And do you hear that? the urgent message in Lord's Day 1. I want you to hear Lord's Day 1 from the angle of there are some who do not belong, who think they do, and some who really do belong. Lord's Day 13, or no, it's Luke chapter 13, Jesus made this point. He says, make every effort to enter through the narrow door because many, I tell you, will try to enter and not be able to. 
Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But, you, but Jesus Christ will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Why would he say, I don't know you? Why would he say, you don't belong to me? Because you're on your own? I'm going to ask that question to you. Are you living your life as if you don't belong to Jesus Christ? Because Jesus says, I don't know you. On the other hand, if Jesus Christ speaks to you and his words count for you, you know this is your only comfort in life and death. His word and walking in his word is proof that you belong. You're in his household. You you hear his household rules. His word is precious to you. What counts For your only comfort in life and death is that He knows you. That's belonging. He knows you by faith. You're living for Him heartily, willing and ready from now on. His words mean something to you. Think of this. If you belong to Jesus Christ, there's not a moment where you do not ask yourself, what does he have to say to me? What has he said to me? You belong to Jesus Christ. He's hearing from you this week. You're praying to him. You're speaking to him. You're checking in with him. That is proof that you belong. That is proof that this is your only comfort in life and death. You're connected to Him. So let me wrap it up. Belonging closely to Jesus Christ, that's your only comfort in life and death. Belonging to Jesus Christ. Your only comfort in life and death is what Jesus says to the Father on your behalf. Welcome Him. Welcome her. I've got this. If he's done wrong, owes you anything, charge it to me. I love him and I love her. This is the one who belongs to me. Amen.